Hi. Ben Matlock. You can go in your dress or in your underwear, but you get out of here now! Soybean oil, cottonseed oil, palm oil, beef fat, lard, coconut. How long were you you knowing in the parked car? Oh, come on! Mr. Matlock. Oh, Your Honor, come on! Mr. Matlock. Oh, Your Honor! Who was that on the phone? Unlocking Matlock. 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 Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Welcome to Unlocking Matlock, the only comprehensive and deep dive look into the hit television show from the 1980s Matlock, starring Andy Griffith. I'm your co-host, Joe Vargo, and I'm joined by my other co-host, Tony Grunewald. Uh, hey, Joe, I'd like to introduce some new evidence, if I could. Uh, uh, I'd like to draw your attention to Exhibit U. Okay, I, I do not object. Exhibit U is allowed into the courtroom. Great. Exhibit U for you, the listener. Hey, thanks for listening mm. once again to uh, uh, another exciting episode of Unlocking Matlock. Uh, we've got a great episode for you uh, this week. It's called The Seduction. Mm. Another steamy, spicy. A very entry. another, yeah, another. It's getting sexier as we go. And the writers, I, one of them branched off uh, to Cinemax. <laughs> That's right the the you know the gold standard for 2 a.m what the hell am i watching <laughs> uh just uh just mm-hmm. the most sexy yeah uh, family thing. family trip hotel room porn <laughs> yeah right the only time i've ever seen cinemax is the tv got left on in the hotel room and it's i wake up at two in the morning you know, you, and my entire family is in there and there's porn on <laughs> You're excited because you're in a hotel room. You don't have cable at home. So right. you want to get as much of it. You're paying for the cable. Mm-hmm. So you want to get as much cable as you can. And so you play it and the kids fall asleep. And eventually the wife falls asleep. You nod off a little bit and you wake up and suddenly right. there's, you know, there's some, it's a, you know, a, usually like a cop and some black widow style. Yeah. Suddenly uh, it was a surprise. It was yeah. a total surprise that this is on. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did I leave this on Cinemax? Oh my gosh, did I drink a bunch of coffee so I could stay up until three in the morning to <laughs> wait for my family, my family to fall asleep? <laughs> watch Cinemax like really until, my, until my son woke up and is also watching it. And now, now we got a situation. <laughs> but you're right, Matlock is slowly starting to, it's getting sexier and sexier the, you know, the farther into it we go. And it, it, I think you, 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 we are getting very concerned for the well-being and welfare of our favorite character, right, Matlock, right. that he's just going to get drawn deeper and deeper into this uh, steamy, sexy mm, uh, mm-hmm. uh, wasteland. To help kind of navigate you guys through this episode, Tony and I are experts on Matlock. We're the number one, number two uh, experts in all things Matlock were uh, nationally recognized, not worldwide, but we're working on that. Uh, something that we like to provide uh, at the beginning of each episode is the Wikip- Wikipedia entry that is uh, that we also make. We make the because there's a TV guide entry, and we need to fix that because it just doesn't have enough of the details right. that we like. Right, right. It's it's worthless. The TV guide entries are worthless. They get mm-hmm. no details. And so I'd like to read you. Uh, The Wikipedia entry for this week's episode, The Seduction, it premiered October 14th, 1986. Matlock defends Brad Bingham, an aging football star with a reputation as a womanizer for the murder of his girlfriend, the team's owner, who is about to eliminate him from the team. Ben's daughter, Charlene, is opposed to her father taking his case as she believes everything the tabloids have to say about Brad. In addition, years ago, he had a short relationship with her friend, Ellen Hawley, who nearly committed suicide after they broke up. Brad asks Tyler to talk to Johnny Mac, played by Tommy Tiny Lister Jr. Remember Debo from Friday? He's in this episode a bouncer in the bar after tyler gets jumped by him flung onto a table and pushed right through the hall into a room where he falls onto a box 
Johnny finally reveals everything he knows to Tyler when they are in private. As the case proceeds, Charlene realizes that not everything that printed that's printed in the papers is true. And maybe Ellen wasn't being honest with her. Karen Nelson, uh, played by Nancy Strafford, who, spoiler alert, will play Matlock's assistant, Michelle Thomas, mm -hmm. from 1987 to 1992 later on. Uh, that's right, guys. She plays two characters in the show. It's kind of a mind blower. Uh, she plays a call girl who was hired to frame Brad Bingham for the murder by providing him with an alibi that she later denied. End of Wikipedia entry. Wow, that was some really good work by us. Um, we really peppered in lots of really good details about uh, the fight scene with Debo from Friday. Yeah, the, I think it was good how we made sure that people knew that Tyler was eventually thrown onto a box. <laughs> I think it's good to follow that arc the whole way through. You I don't want to just... It. I mean, yeah. you're, reading, you're flipping through TV Guide and you're like, this tells me nothing. I'm going to go to mm -hmm. Wikipedia. So you go right. to Wikipedia and you get the you get the details they want. Also that <laughs> Yeah, when people log on to our Wikipedia website, um they're they're seeing everything you need to know about right. Matlock. Right, right. I like we also made sure to put in that Charlene learns her lesson about judging people without getting all the information. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that not everything printed in the papers is true. I want everybody to know that. So that's good advice in general. Good advice. Tony, yeah. I got a Tony, I have a, a really important question for you. Are you ready for some football? Oh. Now, wait, are we allowed to say that? Are we allowed to say that legally? Like Hank Williams is Hank Williams Jr. is yeah. tied up in so many lawsuits right now. Personal I, yeah. he is he is Har just harassments and yeah. incompat like he, he cannot yeah, he's unable to come right. after us. Yeah, um, he, uh, and he wouldn't come after people that are basically lawyers, right? I would say, no, I would say right. every VHS behind me right now of Matlock is essentially oh, yeah. a law book. Uh, yeah, uh, that is priceless. Mm. Uh, most people pay what thousands and thousands of dollars to go to a law school. Uh, my man Joe just needs to spin around in his uh easy chair there pull uh, episode uh, you know four off the wall and learn all about uh, sports law sport law sport law yeah um so yeah so in this episode we have a football player who's sleeping with the owner they're gonna cut brad bingham uh formerly a, a great quarterback his star has fallen um and he is going to be fired so uh, of course the owner goes to his apartment to do it while running a bath because I think that's a good time to have that right. conversate. It's so a good place to fire somebody. I mean, it's a sticky situation, Joe, because she's his mm. boss. Right. She's responsible for letting him go because he just he's not cutting it anymore. They're losing games. Yeah. Losing games means losing revenue. That's business. It, yeah. That's business one on one. Also, I've noticed when I when I watch football, the fans don't seem to like it. No. I, I've noticed a lot of people get um they get really quiet. Nobody. They leave. They'll just it, go. It's eerie to be in a situation when you're in a packed stadium mm -hmm. and a, just one person walking out on the field will cause absolute silence. Yeah. Where you, it gets so quiet, Joe. When you're in the stands, you feel like you've died. Mm -hmm. You go, oh, did I just? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's so yeah. I'm used to it. It's kind of uh -huh. it's a it's I it's what happens to me when I walk into a party. <laughs> Come on, don't say that. You're fun at parties, Joe. You do that. You do that. You do that dance, and you, uh, when there's no music, you just are like, "Let's go, guys!" Like, you always bring the best dishes to pass. That's right. I do encourage everyone to pass. Everyone has to take a bite. Everyone has to watch me dance. I put in my own music too. I bring a an old MP3 player. Everybody I'm like, where's it. your USB hookup? How do I get a USB in your stereo? Everybody loves having to turn off the music they've prepared. Joe, come on. Everybody loves having mm. to turn off the music that they've prepared special yep. for the party. Everybody loves to have to get into their drawer to find the USB cable. Because mm -hmm. now they use Bluetooth, so they don't really have any use for 
any kind of AUX jack or right. And it, yeah, it's one of those square hookups into my uh, MP3 player that and then a USB okay. out. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's the one that, it's the one that works. It's but the one so, that's, yeah. the, it's the one that's in my car. That's always okay. falling in between the, the seat and the center console. And I have to pull over on the highway and go, Oh shit. <laughs> and it's, we're late for a lot of things because of that MP3 player. <laughs> Because you're always trying to dig it out. But yeah, no, people don't mind. People don't mind having to, like, accommodate you for when you show up to a party. It's just what I'm used to. I'm kind of an attention stopper, you know, I, kind of I like say. The, kind of like, you mean like Brad Bingham? A lot, like, a lot like Brad Bingham, yeah. The quarterback who doesn't, is not cutting it anymore. No. And he's got to get let go. We got to get rid of him. Because like I say, you know. He's not bringing in any money, so what use is he to anybody? Let's let's trade him, let's drop him, let's do whatever. They send uh, Cynthia to do it. She's the owner. She's in a personal relationship with Brad Bingham, so couldn't think of a better person to go do that. Right, right. Yeah. The person you're sleeping with, you mm-hmm. know. There's yeah. nothing, there's nothing normal. more. Right, completely yeah. normal. Uh, so she goes to his apartment to let him go, and like Joe says, she runs the bath because you know what. Mm. It's going to be some rough news. You're going to have to either relax before or after you get that news. You know? Yeah. So. She is murdered in his apartment with a little man. <laughs> it's a little, uh, uh, it's a little trophy. She's, oh, she's, right. murdered, she's murdered with the trophy, which I believe yeah. is our, let me check the my log book. Yeah. That's our first trophy murder. We've had some knives and some uh-huh. guns and some poison. Well, some of these, that Dick Van Dyke murder was so good. I would, might pull it, might make a trophy of it, <laughs> but <laughs> This is our first time someone's been <laughs> with a trophy. With an actual trophy. Yeah. Uh, if I'm being honest, Joe, I'm a little upset that there wasn't any trophy-related or football-related pun after. I mean, I don't mean to be glib about murder, but like I'm, I like the. I like you Deadpool. are often right, but I like those. I like those Deadpool movies, those funny Deadpool movies where he's always making jokes mm. about when he kills people. And well, just Tony, so this is the real world. You know, yeah. this is not, uh, we're not on CSI. This okay. is uh, a practical examination of how the judicial system and how law works. And, right. you know, if you want people to come up with clever puns every single, again, this is just the difference as to why I'm number one, you're number two. That's true. That's true. Then, right. you know, I, I, I just suggest law and order or okay. something trivial like that. That's a little too much, though, because that one guy, Lenny, on that show, he's always making the most crass jokes over dead bodies <laughs> <laughs> that are really, I mean, I'm, I mean, mm. I, I think you're right. I, that isn't for me. Although, if he, when, when he killed, when the murderer killed Cynthia with the trophy, I just think it would have been funny if he would have been like, first down. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's or, good, right? Right. Like, that's right. that pretty good. I think other... we should put that in our screenplay. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah. I don't Maybe. think we have any trophy murder in ours yet. We, well. Oh wait. Right. You know we could. You know. Well, there gonna... is that time where you and I both win an Oscar. <laughs> when we, we murdered. We... When we killed at the Oscars. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we we wrote in us accepting the Oscars for the movie that you're watching right. into the. Exactly. We did a exactly. real kind of a. a charlie kaufman kind of thing yeah here. or uh, uh i believe i believe they I, be, I believe that's and actually how the movie tropic thunder ends is the <laughs> winning awards <laughs> for the movie that they just made mm-hmm. which is that's a choice yeah that's mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh but yeah that's a scene so look forward to that scene in our in our screenplay where we uh win the oscar for the yeah movie. Anyways, so uh, Cynthia is murdered with a with a trophy, with the, which is just sitting out on the coffee table. Is uh, mm-hmm. where most people keep their trophies. Do you think it was a Heisman? Isn't that like a football? Oh, thing? definitely, it was a Heisman. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a big big shot football mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a great quarterback, and he of course would murder someone with a, a prized possession of his. What else are you gonna do with a Heisman after you win it? Am I right? But yeah, so Brad Bingham is arrested because it's his apartment dead girl in his apartment he's related to so he's the main suspect uh matlock as we said in the wikipedia entry he gets um uh hooked into the case via his always helpful daughter assistant legal aid her own lawyer and her own right her own woman charlene 
gets him involved into the case. So Matlock takes the case to defend the very famous football player, Brad Bingham. Um, Matlock is also personally invested, of course, because he uh, is very aware of Brad Bingham. Uh, oh, that's right. Because uh, Matlock makes note to say that he attended the Super Bowl that Brad Bingham played in. Yeah, so, and where Brad Bingham made the pass. Right. The, he specifically <laughs> mentions the pass. And Tony and I are not really big football fans. <laughs> We're not. We like Super Bowls. We do. We, we tune in every Super Bowl. Right. We, we tune in every, every Super Bowl Sunday. We're big fans. Uh, I wish they would show more of the game and stop showing them stupid commercials. Oh, they're so dumb. I know. I, I, I always say, you know, when, when I'm kind of, uh, you know, with the, with the guys, uh, I'll say, boy, wouldn't it be nice if, you know, the game were twice, twice as long. I wish this four hour I wish this four hour game was more like eight or nine. Yeah, with that, let's let's not have all these commercials. Let's just <sighs> more football, right? Commercials like what is this? Is this a beer commercial or a insurance commercial? Like I don't know what this is. Like they're trying to be silly and stupid. Like I don't get it. Just show me the game. That's what we're here to watch these amazing athletes, you know, duke it out on the field. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, so Mat- Matlock enjoyed uh, the pass. Mm-hmm. And how, how do you think Matlock fit? Because there's a lot of steps at a lot of those football stadiums. Do you think Matlock had good seats? Do you think he had to like climb up and high into the stadium? I think Matlock probably never really sat down. <laughs> I think he was not. probably constantly shuffling back and forth um, just in between the aisles of the seats, never really sitting down just not understanding where his seat was right and then probably going to the concession stand just constantly yeah. Yeah. taking a long time in line mm-hmm. to decide what right. he wants you know if only they would sell that stadium food outside of the stadium i would go to that restaurant i would as well stadium food hold on let me write that down <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe if maybe if our podcast and if our screenplay doesn't take off okay we That's will ridiculous. start the stadium food only restaurant mm-hmm. we've got it this is what we're gonna have to figure out how we're we gonna get this food out of the stadium well i think yeah that's number one how do we sneak it out um how do we freeze it right and then what is the ticket admission price that we charge <laughs> to get in well to get in and then also we have to pass that along to our customers now right right so what what is their fee to dine mm-hmm. at our restaurant right and right. now we have to provide them with some kind of entertainment if you know, if we're going to tell them to pay for a ticket fee, I'm thinking we just show show the game that we were at. That's a good idea. It's it, yeah, it's a good idea. Like this just, is food from the game, right? And it'll be like weeks ago. <laughs> People will be like, "I've seen this. I've seen this game." <laughs> People are going to be, I mean, hopefully we won't be too mad about the, how the way the hot dog smell and the way the nacho cheese is no longer um, liquid at all. Um, but we'll yeah, it, it, it actually gets, it gets very, it, it um, calcifies. It turns um, into powder if you just let it sit. You know, all these problems are going to have easy solutions because we are going to be rolling in the dough. You know why? I got three words for you. $16 beers <laughs> i love it i love it and you get to keep the cup you get to keep that cup that way if your most hated quarterback brad bingham decides to take a stroll across the field mm-hmm. you just whip that bad boy right at his dumb old head yeah so but That's yeah we right. got so so matlock's invested in this uh, case because he's been to the super bowl before right saw brad play did his pass did that did that pass so he's taking the case uh here's a little problem joe brad doesn't doesn't have an alibi the alibi that he has is not holding up because then check out then check out he says that he was with a woman all night long which right there he's admitting to cheating on cynthia okay so let's just add it up he's a football player Mm. and nobody likes him yeah he doesn't really know why yet he just admitted to us that he cheats on his girlfriend who happens to be the owner of the team mm-hmm. with this woman that now nobody can reckon he doesn't even remember her name like right 
Brad Bingham kind of sounds like a real, a real piece of garbage. He is. Yeah. He's, um, he's, he's a piece of shit and, uh, we, we are forced to be on his side, uh, the entire episode. Um, which if I, I like to, when I watch an episode of Matlock, I like to get as many things from the mid to late eighties around me (laughs) to try to get in the head of a eighties man. Um, because I just find I enjoy the episode much more. Right. You put on a lot of like Cosby sweaters and I do drink a lot of the new Cokes and yeah, got a uh, good stash of those left yep, over. Yep. I mean, I said you're wearing isotoner gloves. <laughs> That's right. You know, all famous eighties things that I'm listing. You know? Yeah. All the things uh, that Michael Ian Black has uh, rolled his eyes at many a times. He, he I, clearly does not love. No, the very disappointed. I, every single time I was disappointed. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, so his alibi, they can't find it. So Brad's in a bit of trouble. Plus, somebody might have seen him. We have an eyewitness. We've got somebody who, first of all, if you don't have an alibi, you're in trouble. Second of all, if someone sees you do it, you're you're in a whole That's lot of it. trouble. Now this eyewitness sees this through a telescope, so it's really a, it really is an eyewitness. You're right. You're right. Uh, telescopes, arguably, the nerdier of the telescopic devices. I think binoculars are a little bit cooler than a telescope. Oh, I don't for know. sure. That's personal opinion. I, I would never. Tell- I wouldn't be caught dead with a telescope around my no, neck. No, I mean you're just cruising for a bruising, as they say. <laughs> if you're looking through a telescope, I mean, first of all. Unless you're, unless you're, they're only good if you've got those like super powered ones that you have to get a whole building mm. for. Yes. Like that's, that's cool. That's cool that you have yeah. to lock the door to your telescope. Like right. that's awesome. <laughs> but like the one you get at like Macy, you know what I mean? That your, mm. that your aunt gets you cause she doesn't know you. And so she just tries to find some generic gift. That, right that she tries to get you well she tries to get you a, a something that you can stay nice and isolated with <laughs> right here's a gift that will keep you away from people <laughs> so brad brigham gets id'd by this kid looking through this telescope into brad's apartment uh, yeah, open and shut matlock's got a right. tough tough case to try to prove here right, right um we have an eyewitness he's got no alibi it's not looking good for brad bingham nope 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 plus he's kind of a jerk in general so <laughs> regardless right. of all these terrible things that are going on with him this is not a nice guy you know no uh and then oh i mean and, and i try not to get into too many physical descriptions but this does not look like your average quarterback either like he's pretty stringy He's, you know, this is not your, uh, you know, Thomas yeah. Brady's or any of the other famous He's sort of seems a little bit more like a contractor that was not very good at his job who is now working at Home Depot. <laughs> He's more of a, the kind of guy you turn down to say, can I help you find something? Right, right. Yeah. He, he's the guy who at the keg party mm-hmm. would probably linger around the keg a little too long after he before after he got his beer mm-hmm. just kind of a crass skinny rolled up shirt sleeve guy mustache mullet i mean you're typical just just beer keg lingerer yeah he's the kind of guy i think that um at a at a gas station does like a full front to back check of his car he's got the hood up He's looking at his wipers. Um, he's not just there to get gas. And oh, did I forget to mention that the gas station is full? <laughs> I mean, he's the kind of guy that he asks for a to-go box for like like a quarter of a sandwich and like a couple of fries. And they're not even, they're like those thick fries that aren't going to be good later. But he's still like, I paid for it. Like, so he wants it boxed up. So he boxes it up. And then, like, he doesn't even leave it in the car when you go to the party afterwards. He's carrying the box around with him. Like, and he's not eating it. He's not picking at it. He's just carrying this to-go box around. And you're like, what's with the guy with the to-go box? Like, that's what, that's what he's like. 
yeah this this is this is who we're dealing with here um that's just the the kind of guy he is and just not your typical nfl quarterback for sure no so Um, matlock's got a so not only does matlock have a problem that he has a he has a client that by all me by all you know Looking at it just straight face, you're like, well, this guy's guilty. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, yeah. He doesn't have a, a reliable alibi, and we got a telescope nerd who ID'd him. So uh, he's got that problem there. Second problem is dude's famous quarterback. So, like, mm. the media, the press, Oof. people are going to be all over this. Matlock has got to get this guy under a rock somewhere until Matlock can kind of make some of these loose ends make sense. Get oh, some answers. Uh, hey, I'm Matlock. Who's someone that I constantly take advantage of? Uh <laughs> Oh yeah, Tyler. Tyler, my private detective slash, just does whatever I tell him. <laughs> yeah. So he he shows up unannounced to Tyler's house. Could have paid him a phone call. Right. Brings Brad Bingham with him and says, "Hey, he needs to lay low here for a while. Uh, can he stay here?" Now, first of all, don't bring famous quarterbacks into my apartment expect, ex, ex, expecting me to hide him. What am I supposed to do with him? Like, what do I do? How do you? What do you, what do you feed, feed a quarterback? What do you feed a famous quarterback. <laughs> Like who knows? Right. Yeah, but, it's a lot. But, but Joe, guess what? Tyler has another reason. He can't really have a house guest right now. Mm. Tyler's busy. Tyler is currently painting his entire apartment. He's yeah. got the drop cloths over the furniture. He's got the roller. He's got kind of that thing they do on TV where to show somebody's painting, they put just a couple of drops <laughs> of paint <laughs> yeah. all over you. And so he's obviously busy. He's painting. Mm-hmm. He's painting his apartment. Why is he a paint? Why? But why is he painting his apartment? For Sicily. He's doing it for Sicily. His his lady friend. He's trying to impress by painting his apartment her favorite color, French vanilla. Now, I that's that's something I like in my coffee. <laughs> I like a lot of it. I like more French vanilla cream. Oh, than coffee. I've seen you put creamer in your coffee, and you're like that guy on. Uh, the McMillions. Um, That's for all the creamer and the sugar. Yeah. I don't even like coffee. I just like uh, room temperature milk and, and sugar packets. That's it. I don't like coffee. Yeah. You, you only order the coffee so you can just get that stuff. They won't yeah, let you have it without the no, coffee. I know. It's such a bureaucracy. I can't just have the creamer. Right. Sir, please leave. You can't take all the creamers. Well, why not? <laughs> then don't leave them out. Uh, but yeah, so he's painting his apartment French vanilla. It's a mm-hmm. good color, I will say. But he's doing it. Uh, he tells Matlock, he says he's painting his apartment for Sicily, uh, her favorite color, to, and I quote, to set the stage. That's right. Now, you know, for us, we know a lot about Tyler. We're able to kind of understand a lot of what the writers are intending here, what, what, what's really happening in, in the subtext of, of this line. And setting the stage for Tyler is, uh, it means a lot. And it, he's, he's going to propose. He's going to ask Cicely to be, his, to, be, to be his wife. That's right. I mean, it's um, kind of the most romantic thing you can think of, right? Right. Like, you're a girl, you walk in mm-hmm. to the- you barely know apartment. you barely know him barely know him yeah. you've been to the apartment a couple times already it's mm-hmm. okay yeah it's all, it's all right it's not a great apartment right but now you walk in and this dude who you've only gone out with a couple of times well you, you met on love connection the tv show right. probably <laughs> i think that's how people met in the 80s yeah yeah and if then you in your in your in your testimonial testimonial video you say that your favorite color is french vanilla it's french vanilla and tyler hears that he's like oh I'm, how Tyler's like, how am I going to set the stage? Mm-hmm. I will completely redo my apartment <laughs> to impress this girl that I barely know. But yeah. I know her favorite color is French vanilla. Like, that's some, like... That's Very some romantic. Yeah. yeah. That's that's some, like... I mean, it's, it's poetry. It's like, I yeah. don't know how else to express my feelings for you. I think that something I've learned, Tony, from dating... Um, is that you want to just do things way over the top very early on um, because it shows your commitment level and it really just shows 
you know, kind of just how experienced you are with this sort of thing. Like I am cutting right through everything and I am going to come on very strong. I am going to really kind of overstep some bounds. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and rearrange, restructure my entire life Mm -hmm. and my lifestyle around you. And that will put almost a thousand times more pressure on you to mm-hmm. do to to feel a certain way about me yeah you know i mean so, it, it just kind of circles us back again to how i you know uh function at parties right, right. you know right. this is how you get people to like you exactly that's what you do when you go into these situations is you get in there and mm. you're like, I'm here. And you do the same thing when you're, when you, when you're on the dating circuit, when you're dating. You That's know? right. The dating circuit was me uh, hitting on women, looking at CDs at circuit city. Right. Is that. <laughs> That's what you called it, which I always. Yeah. Cause I'm going to go hit up the dating circuit. <laughs> <laughs> women would be like, please leave me alone. I'm trying to find a new Dave Matthews right. band for CD. my boyfriend. Right. Yeah. And you would be like, oh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Let me buy everything that you pick out today. And yeah. you'd be like, no, Joe. That's on me. <laughs> That's on me. Put it on my tab. Right. I Sorry, had a tab at, second, at, at Circuit City. <laughs> Circuit City guys would be like, who is, who is this guy? He says he has a tab. <laughs> I said, I live here. I'm... <laughs> I'm a resident of Circuit you City. Had, you had a ups. <laughs> oh man, you got to vote. You got to hit the polls at Circuit hey, City. Hey, I pay my taxes <laughs> at Circuit City. This is the thing about living in Circuit City. The infrastructure <laughs> is so terrible. I mean, where are all my tax dollars going? Right. That was where my thing. I-, I mean, it looks like, oh, let's let's give all the money to the home entertainment speaker room. Sure, yeah, that that needs to have hardwood walls. <laughs> and a couch. And, and yeah, and the uh, leather couches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, That's where mm-hmm. all the money goes. But yeah, where were my where are my money going? Who's the mayor here? Who's the mayor of Circuit City? I know you tried to run. I did. Yeah, that was um that was a really big disaster. Um that... <laughs> they closed them all down. There's no more Circuit Cities because of your campaign. <laughs> Yeah, I, I ended up really tainting their name with uh, some of the... Well, I just... I tried to kind of just do a hostile takeover as the mayor, and it, it got confusing, and they, they had to shut down. Right, right, right. It was a sad day. It was a sad day when Circuit City had to close its gates. And uh, But, uh, but yeah, so you... Jesus. I mean, you know the dating circuit well, and you just yeah. got to come on strong. You got to come on real strong. And you know what? Painting your apartment... If that's the right move. If, that, if that's the right move, that's the right move. And so now Charlene needs to pay the woman that Brad Bingham claims he spent the night with a visit to try to get an alibi worked out here, right? Because this looks pretty bad already for Brad. He was kind of caught trophy in hand by a, by a very cool kid with a telescope. Um, <laughs> uh, so he really needs this alibi to work out. Uh, Charlene uh, interviews uh, Carol, who says she's a personal shopper. Personal shoppers were very big in the 80s, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this, is before, just... this is before Stitch Fix or right. Um, right. Trunk right. Club or all those, all all those... those things that men waste their money, men, money on. <laughs> you know what? I don't really need this $300. Why don't I give it to someone yeah. to send me a box of garbage clothes? <laughs> I want a stranger to dress me. Right. I would like to not want to wear this to anything. Right. <laughs> but to pretend I like it, to justify mm-hmm. the exorbitant yeah. amount of money I'm paying mm-hmm. for people to <laughs> dress me sight unseen. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah there the- was that whole year I, I only wore clothes. Uh, I only did Stitch Fix clothes. You remember was- that? Yeah, it looked all right sometimes, but mm-hmm. I think the problem was you would get the boxes mixed up. Well, yeah. So the ones that had the outfits that matched would mm-hmm. get kind of spread all over. And right. so Well, the algorithm get... also got messed up with my right. sizes. Oh, uh, your stitch fit algorithm. Uh-huh. It's maybe yeah. the most important algorithm. I know. And uh, have. my clothes are very baggy. 
It's wearing like very ba- big, like ba- like big clothes. Yeah. I like a baggy pant. Oh, that's just me, though. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, so she tracks down. Not a fun job for um, Charlene. Not a fun job for Charlene to have to talk to all these conquests that Brad Bingham is bragging about, mm, essentially. Yeah. It's essentially a brag. It's like, hey, I don't know who, what woman I spent the night with. Right. But here's a list. Like, that's a real... Yeah that's a real douchey thing to do again like, garbage yeah just guy. like ah, dude this guy sucks but like, if you put on your 80s lenses yeah pretty yeah, normal yeah <laughs> by 80 standards this was a normal person this yeah. is how people acted in the <laughs> 80s so uh charlene's got to go around and he and so yeah she meets this one um uh karen and karen is a personal shopper who again that's how people used to that's how you got that's how you got tipped onto the new mm. fashions mm-hmm. before the internet was invented. And so uh, Karen, you know, she seems to be a little hesitant to help. I would say almost embarrassed. And she's, she says she's married or she's engaged. Right. I believe uh, she's very mm. hesitant to say anything because she's like, we were just having a couple of drinks and then yeah. he's coming back to my hotel room and he's just drunk. And, and like, she's got a totally different story. She's saying yeah, that, yeah that she kicked him out of there. He was only there right. for a little bit. And she's yeah. like, this is a bad idea. Get out of here. And so now Charlene's like, wait a minute. Is Brad Bingham lying to me right. again? Right. How could the stand-up individual who has uh, zero bad qualities, right? how could he possibly lie to me? So yeah, she's got this idea in her head now that he's lying. So is he lying or is he not lying? Well, we'll find out after our break. We have to take a break to hear from our sponsor. So, hey, Joe, uh, you like cruises? Oh, you betcha. Well, guess what? I've got some great news for you. We're going on a cruise this summer. It's the Unlocking Matlock 2020 Fan Fest Cruise. And we have got a bunch of new bookings. Some of our biggest fans are going to be going on this cruise with us. I've just been up all night around the clock basically with our team of travel agents to try to get this cruise to its peak to be a hundred percent. I would say it's almost gotten confusing the amount of travel agents we've got involved. I can, I've got a system worked out. Okay. They seem to be working against each other, but (laughs) they really do. Anytime we, it's, it's like the the Greek myth of the dude rolling the rock up the hill. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I feel like with this cruise. Ugh. But it's so worth it because yeah. we're going to have a great time. We've got so many cool things lined up. Joe's got a, uh, a fun murder mystery planned that we're going to get the entire cruise ship involved on, whether they like it or not. Um, even the people who aren't on the cruise. Yeah, you're all subpoenaed. You have to do it. But he's working on that. Uh, he's he's kind of reverse engineering it to kind of get it so it's the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have meet and greets. You meet Joe, you can meet me. Yeah. If we, I'm trying to get some people from the sh- from the, 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 the television show to come on. Um, some of the our famous friends from Matlock to come on. Still mm-hmm. have not heard uh, any confirmations from any of their, their agents or managers or anything. Uh, but I keep trying. I keep trying. It's just, you know, that's just, it's a, uh, that's how these Hollywood types are. Uh, Hollywood. It, they, Hollywood. it just takes like six months to get back to you. And that's, that's normal. It's that's, to them. That's like a day. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They don't think of us little people, you know, <laughs> but I can't wait to get them on. So I'm going to keep trying. So we got all kinds of fun things planned. Uh, I talked a little bit last uh, time we got, we got together about the big uh, Dixieland jazz band that I got put together for everybody. Uh, forget how many members but i know they got like 16 trumpets 14 cornets eight trombones like 16 clarinets there's like a drum a piano a bunch of banjos uh uh, it's the wilmette illinois community college dixieland jazz band uh uh, preservation society they're going to be coming on the cruise with us we did i did speak to their the band leader and i've gotten them to kind of ease up they were they were initially all bringing their family members uh their wives their kids kind of grandparents uh cousins things like that and basically we had overbooked the cruise just from the dixieland jazz band i spoke to them uh they're not only going to bring one family member per band member um so that's hence why all the rooms were able to open up and that's why we got some of our fans to finally get uh rooms um so basically it's it's me it's joe it's the dixieland jazz band mm-hmm. it's some of our our our, our most beloved fans are going to be coming on 
it's going to be a fantastic time. And hey, what would be a cruise without some excursions? You don't want to be on that stinky old boat the whole 14 days, Rock. And it is stinky. It does smell. Yeah, uh, it's a used. Of, a lot of diesel being burned. It's a used cruise <laughs> ship. Uh, but yeah, so you're going to want to get off. The problem is... I don't want to go on the same old excursions that all cruise ships always go on. I mean, we're going to be... Kind did of you say crow ship? I did say crow ships. That's where you go to see, right? The crow's nest. You crawl up there to see other ships. They crawl up the crow's nest. Also based on the, the... Here's the thing. There's another fan festival kind of going on at the same time on the cruise uh, for the, the movie The Crow. <laughs> That's right. So there's going to be all yeah. these. Uh, I hate. I didn't want to bring. We it had up. to. Yeah, we had to cut some corners, and the only so way we now could... there's going to be all these damn goth kids walking around <laughs> in their crow makeup and their leather jackets, talking about all their weird crow talk. I don't know. I don't. We'll we'll figure it out, guys. We don't have to be in the same areas all the time. The, the, the ship is big, so there'll be the Matlock, you know, fan fest, and then there'll be the crow fan fest. <laughs> from the movie The Crow. But we're going to be in the West Caribbean, so we're going to want to get off that boat on some of their great islands. But I, I'm really bored of them. Cozumel, Belize, the Cayman Islands. Mm-hmm. Like they're just so played. You know, I'm not going... I'm not going to freaking Belize again. Yeah, I've like, never been to any of those places, but I, I've heard of them, and I'm bored by them. Joe, they're so boring. I mean, white sand, you know, beautiful oceans that you can see the... Big, big whoop. So I was really hoping I could find something new. So I put kind of, I put a couple of my uh, travel agents to work uh, to kind of put their feelers out there to see if there's anything new and exciting they could do. And we hit, I think, the jackpot. So I got a call the other other night. It's about 2.30 in the morning. Sounds important. It woke me, shook me. I Mm. got out of bed. I grabbed the phone. And is this guy, and I tell you what, Joe, this was maybe the most fascinating individual I've ever spoken to in my life. And I've talked to a lot of different people. That's right. Being the number two Matlock fan, you get to meet all kinds. Guess what? I think I met the most kind, most Mm -hmm. interesting person I've ever met. Uh, His name is Randolph J. Spencer, which I say that name and you're like, oh, Randolph J. Spencer, what a dork. Guess Guess what he goes by? Hurricane Spencer. Wow. I'm talking to this dude named Hurricane Spencer, and he immediately was like, "Hey, I heard about I heard about you going on a cruise. You're going to be kind of in this area where I need to go." And I'm like, "What do you What, what do you mean? Where Why do you need to go?" And he's like, "This guy Joe, he's like a treasure hunter. Like he's a fortune hunter. Like he goes and he finds these like like treasures. Like he knows where this stuff wow. is." Like, I didn't even know that was like, yeah. isn't like some fake phony touristy thing. Like this uh-huh. is like the real deal. He was telling me about like some like adventures he'd gone on in like Guatemala and like Cuba and like even mm. like like snowbound like Alaskan Antarctic like stuff. Oh like, sure, this guy's been all over the world, right? So Hurricane Spencer's like, hey, you're gonna kind of be in this area. I, I kind of got this fortune that he's been trying to find this this treasure he's been after his entire life he told me and then he like he told me the story about it it's apparently like back in like the 1715s or something there was this spanish (laughs) treasure fleet he said called uh 1715s 1715s yeah you know that entire (laughs) decade that was 1715 Uh uh-huh so he's like he didn't his numbers didn't really make sense but the story he told me was cool okay so he's like, he's telling me about the Spanish treasure fleet called like La Infecta Herada Herrera, which I had oh. to Google Translate it mm-hmm. later. Apparently, that's uh, it's the name of a boat that translates into English as the Infected Open Wound. And Ooh. this boat was mm. uh, had the mother load of treasure, I guess. He's telling me that it had like hundreds of millions of dollars in gold and diamonds and rubies and like stuff and i guess it just like like it was full of of all these like real cutthroat pirates and stuff like these and like it crashed like in the middle of course like like, yeah as they all do all that treasure is gonna weigh you down right so like it crashed hit the shores i think it's like i think it's essentially like the british virgin islands what we call it now but like my new friend said 
he don't even care about all the diamonds and gold. You believe that? Like he didn't even. He's like what? Yeah, he's like I don't even care. I've seen, I've seen, I see hundreds of billions of dollars in diamonds and jewels every day. He doesn't care. He spits on that. He says what he's after is like this, like world famous treasure. He, the way he described it, he said it's a, it's the severed head of Saint Ferdinand the Terrible, which hmm. I thought was weird. Mm -hmm. Why, why, why name a saint? Why name him a saint if he's so terrible? Right. Hurricane tells me he was the patron saint of losing your temper. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a weird thing. Right. The saint somebody. That is, yeah. Uh-huh. But apparently it's his head. They were so, he had such a bad temper, they cut his head off and they dipped his head in gold. <laughs> they dipped his whole head in gold and he pulled it out. And like, as he was dying or whatever, he's like, I, I curse you all. I don't speak Spanish, but he probably in Spanish. Yeah. He's like, curse you all and then like anybody who comes in contact with the head dies a terrible hideous horrible death so like these pirates had it it's probably what made the ship go down the ship goes down now hurricane spencer's like nobody i can't charter anything to take me there no helicopters no boats nobody will hire because this legend right. is so terrible like he's telling me stories like people come in contact with this thing like they immediately like lose control of their bowels and like immediately break mm. out in point and rashes and like, like people go crazy. They start murdering each other. No, it's like, like going to great America. <laughs> sounds exactly like when you go to great America. Yeah. So he's like, I want to find the severed head. He's like the golden severed head. Will you take me to, you know, it's apparently it's buried in a place called screaming murder cove. Will you take me to screaming murder cove? And I was like, um, yes. Cause that sounds mm -hmm. amazing. It that does. sounds much better than going to some stupid, swimming with dolphin excursions. Yeah. Like, I'm not swimming with no dolphins anymore. They are a waste of time. So, I've talked to my travel agents. They've talked to the crew of the ship. Mm -hmm. We greased the little palms <laughs> out, of the, out of the old Matlock Cruise Fund. I meant to tell you about that. Yeah, um, no, uh, and I wanted to say, I, I was getting pretty close to cutting off funds. <laughs> because I was getting concerned about this this project and the it's been a, a really a financial stress on me but it's hearing about this treasure I now understand I can go back to the bank right. I can ask for more money because we are going to have so much more money by the end of this cruise exactly not only is that going to be a reality Joe it's a necessity I'm going to need you to go to the bank and get out <laughs> some more money Oh yeah, no, I've because mm -hmm. we've got okay. So we got the captain on board and the crew on board. Hurricane now telling me that we need to, uh, you know what I mean, get uh, into the pockets of some of these border, you know, customs things like that. Uh, we're gonna have to pay off the local pirates. That seemed to be a whole thing that he was concerned about. Was there still pirates out there that he's concerned about trying to battle us for the severed head? I I cannot wait, uh, you guys. You're gonna want to make sure you. <laughs> Make sure you click the newsletter this week about the cruise. You're going to want to read it because I'm telling you guys, this is going to be so awesome. This is going to be so much better than going to a private beach or like I say, swimming with uh, like a turtle farm or all those yeah. other, you know, or, or, or rope rock climbing or... or um, and uh, really it's a, yeah, and really it's also, it's a financial investment. Uh, not only are you getting a, the cruise experience of a lifetime, meeting some of the greatest uh, Matlock experts that are out there, Tony and myself. Right. Um, but you're also getting an adventure of a lifetime. And hey, right. you're probably going to walk around, walk walk away with some uh, doubloons. Right. You're going to be walking around and, and, you know, little, you know, doubloons and, and perfectly mm. shaped rubies going to be falling out of your pockets. Yeah. And you know what? You're not even going to care because you got, you got so many of them. Guys, this is going to be great. I can't believe that this kind of just like fell into our laps, this amazing mm. opportunity. Um, it is a little bit out of the way. <laughs> where we were going yeah um so the, the cruise is gonna be we're gonna have to give up some of the other excursions that were planned to just do this one so that it's gonna be a little bit out of the way it might take a little longer to get to uh uh hurricane spencer told me that it probably shouldn't be a, a big problem though um uh it's also he says very dangerous he told me about the pirates that exist all the border you know we're gonna have to deal with border guards 
we're gonna have to deal with other countries not mm. wanting us to steal from them and then of course there's the curse you know where apparently you go crazy insane and murder each other if you come into contact with the golden severhead i don't think it's gonna be a big deal hurricane spencer seems entirely trustworthy yeah um, i don't feel like curses affect people in this time period uh we got iphones now so yeah i don't, I don't i'm not I'm not scared of a curse right. i'm more scared about losing my iphone thank you yeah. thank you um so yeah guys i'm so excited to do this with everybody it's gonna be great so as of right now it's you know we got an amazing cruise lined up for you it's me it's joe it's this 30 piece dixieland jazz band it's hurricane spencer and his crack team of treasure hunters and then about 15 of our biggest fans mm. and it's gonna be great we're gonna be on this cruise with the the, the dumb crow <laughs> people from the crow fans but we'll we'll get we'll get past it it'll be fine but yeah guys so there's still rooms available you're going to want to get in on this because like joe said it's not only going to be the adventure of a lifetime it's going to be the financial investment of a lifetime so we can't wait to see you make sure you click all the links that uh get sent out in the newsletter in the instant messenger chat um yeah. and then uh check your mailboxes because i sent out uh brochures and and um some other things uh uh in the mail so you're gonna want to check those out um but yeah can't wait for this year's 2020 uh, Unlocking Matlock Fan Fest Cruise. Uh, wow, that was a great word from our uh, sponsor. I'm uh, really excited they're on board as our sponsor for Unlocking Matlock. <laughs> Guess what, Joe? Karen is not who she claimed to be. Ah, aha. So Charlene, through Tyler, Tyler does some legwork, gets out of the apartment, away from Brad, away from painting, gets out of the apartment, does a little legwork, finds out that Karen is not who she said was. She is not a personal shopper. Mm. She is actually a, get ready guys, she's a prostitute. She's a call girl. Oh. Mm. But it's okay guys, because she is uh, rolling in it, because as Tyler says, she is a up to three digit call girl. Wow. She has this, and she has three fingers. <laughs> yeah, Tyler finds out that Karen isn't who she says she is. She's actually a triple-digit call girl. Oh, triple, okay. Well, so that, 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 is, that is huge news. Uh, so something's not adding up here. What's this, why is this girl saying that she's a personal shopper when she's actually... Yeah. What's going on here? I think someone needs to get to the bottom of this. So... Uh, should we send Tyler? Should we send Tyler to maybe investigate her a little bit more? Maybe go undercover for this prostitute? He's the investigator. I mean, I think that would probably make the most sense. That would. That would make the most sense. <laughs> oh, but wait. Wait, it's to meet a prostitute? You know what? I think Matlock will just do it himself. <laughs> That's right, guys. He goes Matlock. undercover as a John. Undercover, yep. As a John. And so he, yep, he rents a hotel room. He calls us the escort service, you know, asks for Karen specifically. And uh, she comes to her room. This is not the Karen that Charlene investigated. I mean, it's the same person, but an entirely different personality. And so Matlock is kind of in this weird situation of like needing to get information from this woman about uh, Brad Bingham, but also clearly enjoying his, <laughs> his time. Yes hanging out with the prostitute. I don't know if we really need to go into a lot of details about it because we love the character of Matlock mm -hmm. and he just seemed to be having too good a time. I, I feel like this is some of the is tricky moments on Matlock. Sometimes we see Andy Griffith, the actor, who I'm not as a big of a fan of as I am of Matlock. Um, we kind of see Andy take control of matlock <laughs> i i just want to say i think andy is a bit of a pervert he was saying those lines intentionally perverted i don't think that's what matlock was trying to do there so you think he was getting a little too carried away with the role forgot himself and was just being andy griffith being yeah kind of I think Andy kind of, forgot about the Matlock role. I he think really he forgot did. what he was there to do, which mm -hmm. was to portray one of the nicelyest written characters of all time and made me very uncomfortable. Right. So let's be clear too. Nothing actually happens with um, Karen, the 
high class three digit escort. He simply, you know, kind of initiates that he would like to participate in what the things that, that high class powerful escort three digit escorts do. And so she says, let me go get ready. He takes the opportunity to, uh, he opens her purse up. We don't actually see what he does with the purse being, and then he closes it. He takes out three $100, crisp $100 bills. Mm-hmm. He's an old he, man. He's an old man, so he's got those. The yep. only people, the only people that have. I've tried, I've tried going to a bank and saying, give me those crisp 100s. And they say, <laughs> you're too young. You're too young, sir. Get out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he leaves those crispies right on her, right on the bed. And he, just like a gentleman, I think then, I think that's when Matlock appears back in the body. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, say so he leaves, he leaves the door. He's got yeah. the information he needs, essentially, we think. So he pays her for her time and just goes. Nothing actually happens. But like Joe said, um, it's a bit uh, concerning <laughs> with uh, the, in, the, the insinuation that Andy Griffith might really like. That's course. right. So yeah, we, we see that happen. We go back to Charlene com- confronting, confronting quarterback Brad about her friend used to date Brad and about some of the infidelity that happened in that relationship. And Brad simply denies it. And Charlene, again, is made to feel very small for ever believing a woman. Um, I mean, how dare she? Which was a a borderline a crime (laughs) in the 1980s. It, 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 yeah. It's a really, there's a really nice lesson in this episode, how it's (laughs) men are the victim. <laughs> and women are liars. Women are liars. Right. You can't believe them. Right. Even you if you're a woman. Right. Especially if you're a woman. <laughs> they will double lie to you if you're a woman. Yes. Uh, we go back to the courtroom. Karen comes in onto the stand. She has no idea that the John that she meant earlier is the defense lawyer in this case that she's been subpoenaed for. So she's still giving the same testimony of I'm a personal shopper. You know, I only spent a little bit of time with Brad Bingham. And then Matlock walks into the courtroom. Can you imagine? Can you imagine you just stand on the stand and you lied your face off? And you yeah. thought, I'm getting away with it. These idiots are eating it up. She had to answer everything. Charlene at one point, remember, was like, how are you a personal shopper uh, on, the, on such and such day? Because there was actually a brownout and all the stores were closed. Mm-hmm. And she was like, what? she was like, I'm a window. Sh- I was window shopping. Yeah. I was like, <gasps> like suck the air out of right. the room. That's right. And and Matlock walks into the room unawares, like oh. he usually does. And then he takes over the examination of the witness. And, you know, he kind of says, hey, uh, have we ever met? Or, oh, we haven't. And he's really he's playing a he's playing a little game here. He's playing he, a fun little game right. called she, perjury. <laughs> he's, he's playing like Joe said, he's playing a game where he's let me see if I can walk this girl right into perjury. Yeah, let me perjure your ass. <laughs> and she gets straight up perjured. Right. Over and over and over again. I think she commits perjury at least five times right. in, in right. the span of ten seconds. And he's standing smiling because he knows he's got her, you know? Yeah. Like, you right. don't know who I am. I wasn't with you last night. You don't remember me. You know, I didn't give you $300. Like, he's mm-hmm. kind of being aggressive. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's badgering her. And right. the prosecution attorney is, is doing essentially nothing to yeah. stop him. They don't. Um, they're pretty close. They seem to be pretty good friends, um, which is, with all my competitors, uh, Tony, um, my... My strategy is to always befriend them. So you, you are not questioned. That's right. That's right. We're, I can't say anything bad about Joe because he's my friend. So right. I, I'm not going to, you know, if he's, you'll never a, object. No, if he's, when Joe's at a party and he's waving his arms around and he's like, let me do a break dance. And he's like pulling, he's like pulling, he's in your kitchen, pulling the cardboard boxes apart so he can throw them on your carpet. He's mm-hmm. clearing tables off. He's like, watch me break dance, play this song. And he's hand, he's shoving his mp3 player in your hand he's like skip it don't skip it don't see like i'm like and people are like will you stop him he's making a mess he's like i'm like i'm joe's my friend 
I'm not going to stop him. Right. You didn't yeah. even say anything when I did that five course Italian meal and served everybody like I was Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> when I just took over that guy's uh, kitchen, you didn't say, you didn't even say anything. And that, no. that was, that was nice. Cause I was like, this is how Joe makes friends. This is, mm-hmm. you know, this is how he gets people to like him. He just, you know, he, he takes everything to the limit and beyond. And you know what, Joe, that dinner was delicious. And yeah. I couldn't eat anything for days afterwards. <laughs> I kept saying it's my mother's recipe, just like my mama made. You you affected a very uh yeah, it know, got offensive, almost mm. Mario like accent, <laughs> Super Mario like. Yeah, it got it it got a little out of control. But th- uh, I'm not gonna stop you because you're my friend. Just like mm. this prosecutor is clearly friends with Matlock. Yeah. He's yeah. not going to stand in the way of Matlock basically no. opening and closing his case on him. Yeah, and Karen is just getting badgered yeah. on the stand. And eventually she has to admit, yeah, okay, you got me. I I am a prostitute. She admits to being arrested and convicted of soliciting. So, like, he's got her. So she's like, finally, she just straight up admits, yes, I was with Brad Bingham the night that lady got killed. So he couldn't have done it. It's not good enough for Matlock, though. Who did it? But, right. He, who, who, who did it? If, if he didn't do it, who did it? Well, that's the thing. Karen also knows somebody else who's in those offices at the famous football place. Because Matlock stole her little black book out of her purse when he was visiting with her. Or did he? We don't really know. Hmm. The Matlock writers don't let us know? No. So he either did steal it or he didn't steal it. It's kind of left in the air. It's mm-hmm. kind of a dangling he says, thread. He says he did have it. He says he has it and he knows whose name is in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so using this technique called lying mm-hmm. or not lying, <laughs> he, bas- he gets Karen to admit that one of the front office people who was possibly going to buy the team had also been a client of hers. Mm-hmm. And he would be the one that would have the motive to kill Cynthia. That's and right. Her, and she and he is also the man who hired her. That's it. To distract Brad Bingham. Right, to distract him so that he could break into that beautiful apartment of his and kill his girlfriends, aka the team owner. Um, I mean, it all makes sense. And then when you hear it, you go, oh, that all makes sense. Oh, I mean, yeah. And even I, all you I, guys at, even you guys at home right now are all going, oh, yep, yep, mm-hmm. that all falls into place. So he did it. So he did, uh, got that. We still don't yeah, ever know. Bob about Edwards. Bob Edwards. That was the guy's name. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bob Edwards. He worked in the front offices and he wanted to control shares of the team. He wanted all of it so he could sell it or move it on to another city, another city that appreciates football. We still don't know about the little black book thing. I don't. I don't have a black book. Did you ever have a little black book? I did. Yeah. I I had a little black book of all my uh, contacts in there, as well as the bits of their addresses that I could guess. These were kind of what I what I used to call working a friend. Um, but I would, you know, get an acquaintance, and then kind of you slowly kind of you know, uh, wear people down to get their address. You say like, Oh, you know, you play that like porno game. Like, Oh, you're a porno actor. If you say the name of the street you live on followed by, uh, the, the first three letters of your address, that's yeah. your porno name. Right. Right. And right. Go, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just kind of would build that and then eventually just, you can, you can cool. stop by whenever you want and, huh. Uh, but that's it. The prosecutor does not seem to mind that Matlock mm. just won the case. He He's finds like, it kind of funny. Yeah, you know, he just <laughs> working in the state, you know, and they don't, you know, no big deal, no yeah. big deal. Uh, Matlock deal. figured it out, right? Uh, so uh, yeah, the jury, of course, stands up. Not, uh, not guilty, really? Oh, oh, yeah. how clever. Did you come up with that all by yourself or did Matlock? Oh, all 12 of you got together and put your heads together and said, I don't know. I think maybe Matlock is right. I think maybe Matlock is figured out the case again. Oh, oh. Hey, do you think we could go over this, this one point again about the, hey, hey, do you think the little black book thing was real? Maybe or? we could be a, 
hung Jerry and get another free lunch. I really like the free food. Maybe we could waste the state's time and money some more. I don't have anywhere else to be or go to. This is all I have in my life. I don't have any friends. I just want to be on a jury all the time because I think I'm so cool. But they're not. Matlock does all the work for them. Uh, yeah. So, Open yeah. and shut. That's and it. So, that's it. That's it. Ian. Brad is free. He's free, free to, to um, be a, a, a horrible person out in the world. Um, uh, they never. They don't say if he remained with the team or if he did end up getting let go or traded. I don't know. I don't know if they would trade him. I don't know what other. Team I think at this point him. it's a PR nightmare if yeah, you you're trade. Right. You're right. Um, he I mean, just lost his um, side piece. Yep. Um, it it's not the time to trade him. So he was right. probably able to finish out his career. Yeah. Uh, in Atlanta. Now, Tony, like we do with every episode, we do a Don Knotts watch. Tony, was Don Knotts in this episode? No, he was not. All right, Tony, thank you for that report from the Don Knotts watch. I'm sure we'll see him soon. I'm sure we'll see him at some point. I'm sure we'll see him at some point. Yep, I'm really looking forward to it. Wouldn't that be funny if he was a football player? (laughs) A little scrawny guy like that running around the field? (laughs) I mean, it was not that far off from who played the football player. (laughs) It's true. Guy who was really built like Don Knotts. <laughs> One of the team I'm ones. not certain it's not Don Knotts. That's true. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, we, it's it's not him. But like you were right, there was a minute where I was like, oh, I think I can tell Joe this week mm-hmm. that I saw Don Knotts. Yeah. But I did uh, a couple of hours of really intense research and zooming, enhancing. And uh, came to the conclusion that it that it wasn't. It was just some some guy. Well, Tony, I think we can can consider this case closed. We did it. Another another uh, another case closed. Another case solved. Another uh, scumbag back behind bars. And another uh, scumbag free. <laughs> another scumbag walking the streets. Uh, that's what they call uh, you know a zen. A Zen outcome, the yin and the yeah, yang. Yeah, you know? exactly. You know. Yep. You gotta, if, to pull, if the to yin pull, and the yang were two scumbags, you got to put one away. You got to let one go. This was a great episode. This was a mm-hmm. great episode. I'm so glad you all uh, could could join us this week. Yeah. Thank you, witnesses. Goodbye. Yeah.